Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. It is always a pleasure to welcome every morning with you at the new, our new home, WGN Radio. Today, I am super excited because um, we're talking about something that's very timely. And of course, that's what Market is, uh, Overdrive is all about, to bring you timely news and discuss how does this affect the housing market. We are your transacting realtors, lenders, and of course, industry professionals who are here to elevate your real estate IQ. With me this morning is Mr. Nick Mimetti. How are you, Nick? Glad you decided to show up. I'm on time. You're on time. Timely. That's How do you sure. define timely, though? Because you just arrived. Hey, I'm here. Show started. We're good. Enough about you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Javier Garcia with the Federal Savings Bank. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad I also got here on time. I did get here on time, by the way. It was like 10 o'clock on the dot. I appreciate it. I always have to check these gentlemen just because I uh, want to make sure that you guys are out there in the trenches, closing some deals, financing, right. giving people loans. It's been busy. Making home ownership a dream reality. No, Nick is over there. What Car- are you drinking? Drinking. Car- Carla, actually, she's never been late. Never. I've never been late. I know you've been late at least twice. <laughs> Love it. You're horrible. <laughs> I'm just saying, you relate. Okay, let's start with Nicolas and Mia jokes. Okay, welcome, Malcolm. I'm not even going to introduce you because I'm so excited about today's topic. It's very timely. There's a lot of mixed feelings out there. And as your mod squad, we're here to hold your hand through the process and whatever is going up and down in the real estate market. We want to talk about it. We don't want you to be worried about it, not knowing where the information is coming from. We are filtering this information to make sure that you're getting it right and you're getting it from the source. So today with us is Mr. Malcolm Ween. How are you, Malcolm? I am good. Thank you for having me. Thank I you think so it's much pronounced for coming. Weens, uh. Right, there's an S there, but there's I was an S. Was there. it really? Yeah, yeah. I messed don't, it up. Don't take Weens. offense. No. You are guest number 168. <laughs> that no, she, has, no. she has messed up the name. She messes up John Smith's. I'm so assuming you know. they just typed in the letter S small. And you yeah. missed. You oh, the there you go. That's Lucero, all. make sure that when you adjust it on, on Facebook uh, post that we adjust his name because I totally, Weems. I'm so sorry. My mom, my mom is watching and she's going to be upset. That's Hi, Mama. Hey, Mama Weems. Weems. Mama Weems. <laughs> right. Right. Malcolm, why don't you give us a little bit of history on yourself sure. and um, your credentials and the whole nine yards? Sure. Um, so I worked, uh, Malcolm Weems, I worked... Uh, I spend a lot of time. Currently, I am a lobbyist and a consultant. Um, I partner with a law firm named Denton's. Um, I spend a lot of time in state and local government here um, as a finance manager, uh, as a (laughs) a budget person. I was the chief of staff for the governor's office of management and budget. Um, And then I was director of central management services, which is a state agency that manages all of state held contracts, including managing all state owned and leased property. So um, did a lot of time in government. And now I help companies. uh, put together strategies to do business with government. So you clearly have no idea what this topic's about or don't know how to contribute to it at this point. At all. At all. At all. I just want to just, the, just look around. Just he was walking, walking down all outside right. the street yes, and I said, yeah. hey, well, can you come in? Now that we got a resume that completely dwarfs ours, <laughs> um, we're just going to do our <laughs> best. Is that because uh, I'm tall? Is that because I'm we're tall? We're going to do our best to just throw social media news at you and say, this is what I heard. So let's just roll with that. Sounds fair. You know. Um, the big question, I mean, it's the, the, the scariest part or maybe the most exciting part. I know that, again, mixed reviews, Inauguration Day is coming up the 20th at 11 a.m. Everybody has mixed reviews, but how is that going to affect housing? Hmm. I, th- think, I think we don't know, right? So in, in, if you guys were waiting for me to give you the answer to yes, future's going to hold that. my crystal ball, which would be my head. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, um, I think we don't know. I think Donald Trump has talked a lot about um, a, a bunch of different things he wants to do. We know that he's a real estate guy. We know mm-hmm. he likes to build. Uh, we know that he has a, a long resume with that. But what he hasn't talked about is his policy. We know mm-hmm. that 
Um, he's uh, sent uh, 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 Dr. Carson in as the person that he wants to be in charge of HUD. You know, and so when we think about all of these great selection, by the way. You know, again, ben no Carson? comment there. No comment yeah, there. Uh, I mean, if, if the real estate market is sick, we'll maybe see. then he could, we'll you know, see. yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But the, the, the truth of the matter is, I think that he's been focused on a bunch of other things. Um, what, what I would say is that we should all be interested in watching how the financial markets do. For sure. Uh, we should be watching how he interacts with Congress because it's, mm-hmm. it's completely Republican, uh, both the, the House and the Senate. But there are going to be policy issues about spending that I think will affect you know, housing. Um, and again, at the end of the day, if, if he lets, um, if he rolls back some of the taxes, there'll be more money in people's hands possibly to spend. Right. Um, but if we get into a trade war, then there's going to be maybe less money in people's pockets to spend. So there's all I of these things up in the air. I think that one of the main contributions that a lot of people are kind of forgetting about in the fact that he does have a real estate background, right, right is the deregulation of banking. And I know that that's going to be something that is going to be big for, like myself, that we're in the lending environment. I know Nick and I, you know, there's a lot of regulations that were put in place that kind of removed a lot of that gray area that there used to be in real estate. A lot of the times, Absolutely. if you were an investor, if you were self-employed, but you were possibly not showing a specific amount of an AGI, but you do have sufficient amount of assets, there was this gray area in lending where you could still make a decision, a business decision yeah. on whether or not the collateral was there and the risk management was there to be able to lend. And I think a lot of those controls are going to loosen up a little bit, which are actually going to stimulate the market. They're going to loosen up maybe some of these requirements in regards to some of the waiting periods in regards to our consumer being able to purchase once again. Um, I think a lot of the legislation revolving around immigrants in general, what are they going to do? You know, Are they going to get naturalization? Are they possibly going to be allowed to you know, get working status, at least right. permanently here in this country? That's a big influx of consumers that could possibly be thrown into the equation Right. If this goes our way. So no mortgages for blacks or Hispanics. (laughs) Which would be the status quo. Essentially, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw it out there like, you know, the way it kind of feels for everybody. I'm not picking a side, by the way, on this whole thing, because it's going to have pros and cons no matter which. Take Clinton and Trump out of the equation. You have the Republican and Democratic parties at the end of the day. They all have their fundamental beliefs on how they should do things. And that's really what people typically vote for. Now, is Donald the most polarizing person that we've seen in a long time? Yeah, sure. Ever, ever. He, he has definitely said some things like what I just said, which was really sarcasm, but um, on my behalf. But you know, the 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 thing that I, I was having a long conversation with a close friend of mine who was very pro Democrat, and I'm I'm I guess I'm a known independent more than anything. Um, I kind of pick the human being more than the party at times because I think there's good and bad on both sides of these parties. Absolutely. Um, and and I'm in love with some issues on both sides, and I absolutely hate some issues on both sides. But, you know, the one thing that the Democratic Party, I think, they, they, they definitely got a shorthand to deal with when they, when they took office eight years ago. You know, the, it, was a, it was a big crash. The crash was caused by our market, the real estate market, right? Right. It, it was a real big domino that made it all happen. So they, they had their hands tied and they had to come up with a lot of heavy regulation to make sure this never happens again. I don't think anybody in, in our industry was against that. You know, we were kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, let's 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 make it a little bit harder to get a loan. It shouldn't be as easy as if you have a heartbeat, you're approved. <clears throat> but I think we also went way far to the extreme because I I know you can voice this with us. The people that I've seen get affected the most are lower income housing, a little bit rougher credit. We made it where the elite only can get a loan for a while. I mean, think about nine right. and ten and eleven. Yeah. You pretty much had to be flawless. To get a loan. Now, it's been improving slowly as time goes. 
But if you can't get a loan, you can't buy a house. If you can't buy a house, how do you – our last show, last, last episode was about the, the average wealth of a homeowner versus a, a renter. Well, it's 45 times higher on a homeowner side. This is mm-hmm. a Federal Reserve study. Mm-hmm. So if we, you know, disable a community, and, 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 and I, I kind of threw the, the ethnic community out there because that's where essentially the lower credit scores have been statistically. This is not an opinion. That's where the lower income has been statistically. And now we took away, for the most part, their right by making it so hard. We didn't redline them. I agree with that. But we made it so hard that we might as well have redlined them, in my opinion. But I think we got to go back to government, right? The conversation today is not what our point of view is and and historical. (laughs) I think it's, you got to go back to government. This is a Republican coming in, though. No, and I understand that. But how does that affect. Right. But you have to understand, public policy starts with the government, right? Capitol Hill is going to decide what kind of policies are going to be established in order to make housing more affordable. So now with the new president in town, he's, of course, a Republican. What is. What is it? What dictates the affordability? Wait, wait, it's, let's wait, let's it's housing. Like, I'm sorry. Like the it's the most unorthodox Republican. I was going to say. Been. Let's not. I mean, when we talk We're about, about Republican, again, I didn't yeah, want to talk exactly. about the human beings. Right. I want to no, talk no. about the parties but no, no, and no, no, the no. beliefs. But let's talk about job growth, employment. Yeah. Like, yeah. where is who's going to? Con- what controls the afford uh, the ability to purchase something? It's the fact that where is job growth coming? I mean, I think it's a facade. It's like where is job growth? We don't have that number in order to indicate the spending that we're doing. Well, you're not going to have it for a while, right? Let's so let's let's. Let's let's take a step back, everybody. When we talk about uh, a newly elected um, public official, A, they have to get time to get up to speed to do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Trump is not your traditional Republican. So what you're going to see is uh, Republicans are going to have issue with some of the things that Donald Trump wants to do. I think going back to the point, uh, about uh, uh, releasing or, or easing up on federal regulation. So there's there's um, uh, uh, Frank Dodd Frank, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Frank, so so that is going to be that's going to tell you a lot about what may affect uh, this industry, the real estate market, right? Mm-hmm. Be- because you have to also remember, a lot of people took a bath in 2008. I mean, so you're talking about people's. Save, life savings, all these things. Because businessmen and gone. entrepreneurs were making a lot of money issuing right, these right. loans, and that's who was controlling the regulations, but, right? The right. lobbyist. Well, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody, there was a thought uh, uh, 10 years, 15 years ago, was that everybody should be able to afford a home. I think the philosophy may have changed after banks said, look, you know what? If we're going to get in trouble, mm-hmm. then let's go back to who can really afford a home. Uh, I think then that lends itself to his point that, Hey, poor people can't get homes. But technically, I think what we're going to see with some Republican platforms are is if you don't make enough money, you shouldn't probably buy a home yet. And, and I that's think that's why, a very conservative way to do it. That. And which I is agree why, with that. Which is why then the next thing, like you said, is going to be very important is outside of uh, Dodd-Frank, it's going to be do you create jobs where people can afford to, to buy a home? And I think one thing that would make me nervous mm. about that are trade wars. I mean, we hear we hear a lot of rhetoric coming from this uh, president-elect about you know, you know, China this, and then you hear other people saying Russia that. So if anything happens where we have a trade war, please believe the price of everything goes up. And if that happens, if that makes people fearful, maybe they don't invest and buy, right? I mean, so those no, are the things you got. Yeah, so yeah. those are the things you got to look at. I think all of the other stuff. I, I don't think any president can come in right away because if that were the case, I'm pretty sure Barack Obama would have waved his uh, magic wand, 
and fixed everything. <laughs> leave it on, leave it to me to bring in a lobbyist in the studio to talk about politics and, of course, housing. How does it affect housing? Let's let's pick up where we left off. Please. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Market Overdrive. Hopefully, you're following us today on Facebook Live. You can obviously follow us on our website, marketoverdrive.com. And now we are officially up on YouTube. Uh, iTunes, sorry, YouTube. We're officially up on iTunes. And, of course, you can go to YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe to us at iTunes. We'll be back in a few minutes with our guest, Malcolm Williams. Back to segment number two of Market Overdrive at the WGN Studios. WGN, WGN Studios. <laughs> I need coffee. It's too early. You know it. And you know what it is? I just get really, really annoyed when Nick starts talking about like his point of view versus everybody else's point of view. I want to get to. What, 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 I want to get. What does that mean? I want to get to the point, Nick. A housing. What to expect in 2017 point with the new president in the house? Point of view. You okay? Regardless you obviously of what, think that it's all about you and the world. Regardless around. of what side of the political spectrum, and I will never tell anybody because I'm, I, well, I just did. I'm an independent. You're independent, but, but you, There's whatever. obviously a 50-50, literally almost a 50-50 point of view on this one. That's how the election panned out, even on a popular Right, it doesn't vote, matter. It what, was a half and half vote. It doesn't matter Slightly anymore. Half to the, the president side. of the United States is going to be Donald J. Trump. Right. The inauguration is on Friday at 11 a.m. What it. does that mean for us in housing come 2017? Obviously, we know, we still know for a fact that the job growth is not there. There seems to be some skepticism about housing market and this bubble that we're creating because come now spring market there's we're going to be priced out with inventory lack of inventory right Mm. and then prices go up because there's no supply so the whole supply and demand but what is happening in government that's going to affect us while we're transacting taxes 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 i think donald trump is going to lower taxes in any way he can i i mean that's one thing i think a lot most folks agree on that he's very sensitive to that which is why we haven't are seen you his. sure about that because you said he wasn't like any other republican president yeah, no, 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 we no, all know the republican party always talks about taxes and leniencies and small businesses we have an idea of what his taxes might show and he ain't showing us which means he's very serious <laughs> and sensitive about taxes and I, that might help buyers right mm-hmm. if you know certain buyers yeah and i think to the point made earlier not necessarily poor people Right. But that middle class or that upper middle class, which may be smaller, whatever, whatever you believe about that. Right. Those people may have uh, more ability to buy uh, because they're going to save money. I think that's one of the most in- clear places that we're going to see um, improvement for certain folks. The, the flip side of that is you might see a lot of less government spending on any kind of incentives that might you know, allow young uh, first time buyers and things like that. I, I think right. you might see some constriction there. But um, it's all over the place. I think there's a lot of programs. Like I, this year was the first time probably since before the boom or whatever that I actually saw like some conventional loan products with like 1% down payment. You know, I saw that kind of across the board. I think there's a lot of different loan products that are out there. A lot, I think they want to stimulate, you know, the, those millennial home buyers who do have those student loans and things like that, that additional debt, that additional burden. Um, they want to make it a little bit easier. Um, I have a certain belief, you know, that at the end of the day, you should only make a home purchase when you're ready uh-huh. and financially stable. You know, if you're currently renting and you're living check to check, might not be the best decision for you to go ahead and buy something, even if it is close to similar cost as renting, because mm-hmm. you don't have that reserve threshold. You don't have that cushion to fall back on. But I think the fact that they're making some of these loan products a little bit more 
lenient and less restrictive in regards to the upfront investment, I think that that's going to definitely motivate some buyers to definitely get into the marketplace because obviously I've been taking a look at market rents and, you know, they've been trending up. Um, you know, average market rent right now, especially for my investment buyers, when I'm taking a look at rent schedules, is anywhere between 1500 to $1,800 in market rent um, for a lot of these multi-unit investment properties that they're purchasing. So I think that's going to be a big key is the fact that there's going to be loan products that aren't going to have the same amount of down payment uh, restrictions that you've seen in the past. I love it. I don't necessarily think it's about leniency versus attractiveness. I think that for most buyers, everybody wants to buy. People are tired of renting. And for the most part, we're changing we're changing dynamics in the lifestyle, right? So if we're talking about that millennial that now has gotten married or not gotten married but is having a child, then their, uh, their family size, their lifestyle is going to change. And sometimes you do want to have that that just comfort of knowing that the home is yours and you're not renting. So it's not about the, the leniency of the of the financing that's available, but it's more about the attractiveness. What kind of grants are going to be available gotta, for first-time buyers? You have to lend. Well. Yeah. Well, for sure, leniency. You have to lend it in but a we respectable have to, manner. We, if you, if you to, had a list of all the people that I know me and him felt should have been approved, you would vomit knowing how many great people could not get a loan over the last several right. years. Like, the most ticky-tack stuff stopped them from getting a loan. And you know that that was going to... At some point, us... I've been doing this for 22 years, and Javier's been doing it well over 10. We just know when we know a loan's going to perform. It's really weird. And sometimes, even though a loan is approvable, we have a quaky feeling in our stomach, like, is that thing really going to hold water? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, he qualified. Yes, you have to approve him. But something just told me that something's not stable about that scenario at home, that this might not be the best loan out there. Then there's people that come in and you're just like, this loan's going to perform. And I don't feel that we should have the magic wand and say, you're approved and you're not, and just make decisions like that. But I'm saying, if you knew how many great people we have had to deny, you would be baffled. Right. Well, I'm not necessarily saying... I'm saying before it gets to you, though, because before the people get to you... We have to change the mantra. We have to change the way real estate is seen. Then that's why we invited Ma- Malcolm here is because it's public policy. What are the organizations that are, you know, like the Housing Authority or any of these organizations that are talking pro-housing that wants to make the American dream? Whatever happened to the American dream if everybody's so fearful about where the housing market is going? Well, what, 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 can we take a step back? And as a person that is not, I don't sell real estate. I, I bought right. some. I've sold a couple. But. But more important, I think you have, um, you, you talked about millennials. Those are people that may not have bought property before and they're new to the market. So they have not, they don't have the scars. But they're scared. Total, well, they saw their parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it probably affected some of them going to school. Um, but, but remember, then there's still this vast number of people who have either are still living in a home that they're, they're probably paying too much for or they've, they've, they've had a bankruptcy or something like that. I think what we're talking about, if, if something's attractive or not for people to buy, I think the, 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 the issue in terms of policy has to be, are the tools available, right, that helps? Let's not talk about the bad actors. or that. Let's, let's focus on the good actors, right? Are there policies designed to help these people? Donald Trump was elected by a bunch of people that no one was polling, right? All the polls said, hey, he's going to lose, right? Well, he won. And so now you have to ask yourself, are there more people out here that are scared for their future, don't have jobs, 
And I'm not now. We're not just talking about black and Latino. We're talking about white people too, we're of course. About everyone and in so, the so, so, so that's. I think that's the real question. I, I think it still has to go back to how much money do I have in my pocket at home, and are the policies that this president and this Congress put together do they benefit me and make me feel safe enough to say I'm going to commit to something for 30 years. Right. And and I think I don't know if any of us have any of that yet until Donald I mean yeah, he may have gotten the, the price of the the Air Force 1 brought down. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> How many jobs that create or he may have stopped a thousand jobs from going wherever. Indiana. And yeah, from, but right. none of that's going to matter to the people that are already broke with no jobs. Yeah, but when are the new jobs going to come? And that's where the policy the new comes jobs, in. Yeah. Because every if, if you go back in history all you know, look, you, if you fought in World War II, you came home, you had the GI Bill. With the GI Bill, you could buy a home, you could buy, you go to school, you, got, you had all of these incentives that made anybody that served in the armed forces be able to own a home, and that became their bank for a bunch of things going forward. I, I think we all still believe in that. What we don't, what people don't trust, right, mm-hmm. are banks now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what a lot, I mean, they're like, well, they're going to, tr- so when we talk about are they going to roll back some regulation, I think it's a very slippery slope for any president to talk about, it ain't that long ago, to say, hey, we're going to roll back all the housing restrictions. I guarantee you they're going to be up in arms. There are going to be people that are happy. And you know what? I I have to agree that a lot of that mentality has to do with the lobbyists. Thanks. Right? (laughs) Well, hold on. So I, for one, I I hold, hold that very dear to heart, right? Realtors probably have the best lobbyists. In the world, other than tobacco, they don't have me. They other don't have the tobacco, best. They have the right? <laughs> <laughs> and guns, yeah, look, and guns. <laughs> this is the one thing where I kind of come into play because, like, I, you know, at least in my company, at least my mentors have always kind of taught me lend like it's your own money, mm. right? Sure. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, the banks were public enemy number one, right? And the media always kind of portrayed it. And I always say that the mortgage collapse actually happened um, in reality because the village kind of overturned on. You know, government right. in reality, right. Right? right? right, Because foreclosure was very taboo prior to the the mortgage mortgage collapse, right? But when four or five of your neighbors are foreclosing, <laughs> right. right, it's easier to say, "Hey, honey, you know what? Let's We're just walk away see, from this do environment." Or exactly. why? Why, why would monkeys, I pay? Right? Why would I pay? So this when everybody else is exactly, sure. absolutely. So yeah. it was a lot easier, and I think a lot of that default, it was the village yeah. saying, "Hey, you know what? Enough is enough." Yeah. Take that's take your property point. back. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what. But they that's want what, your money. That's, take but, your property. But back. That's what free market does. Right. right? My point is that, you know, was it? All right, I'm going to try and really re- rewind here to like the '90s <laughs> and a little bit of historical that I've read before the '90s. Before I got in the business in the mid '90s, you know, in the mid '90s, credit score didn't play the role that it does today. No, we actually looked at the credit saw that they made their payments on time. So, for example, if I had a client that had um, a mortgage that was always on time, a car payment that was always on time, several credit cards that were never late. But there was a parking ticket that happened literally a month ago, just a parking ticket for 75 bucks, and this guy is now a 580 credit score. In today's world, that's a disaster for him getting approved. In the 90s, we are like, all right, it's just a parking ticket. Your credit's awesome. You should easily get a good rate and a good loan. It, it really didn't play as much of a role, but we were using common sense. This parking ticket is not a true indication of the ability to repay on behalf of this borrower. He right. has paid everything, and the parking ticket might have happened because his, his 16-year-old daughter got a parking ticket, was afraid to bring it home and get yelled at, and she threw it away. There you have it. That's how yeah. collections can happen. And that now this guy would not be able to get approved. 
for a good loan. But wait, wait, I have to ask you a question. But in the 90s, it wasn't like that. I got to ask a question. Sure. How, how do you make a policy for, I just know, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and I agree that's, with you. I just agree. knowing is by reading a credit report and Analyzing. actually being able to make yeah. a decision by proof of ability to repay by his history. But again, you're still going to have some subjectivity there. And I think policy, sure. I think policy has to be completely objective. But credit because, score is so flawed. Because of what you just said earlier. People of color. It could be, you know, single people versus married people. There's all these other things that you can kind of throw in. And I think that a policy has to be general and it has to be objective. It has to be blanket. And yeah. I, so while I agree with you that there are some people that are told, no, I was told, no, when I first tried to buy a house at 25, I was, to, I was, I was laughed out of the office. You we'll know? get you a loan now. I, 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 I think I can get one now. <laughs> I'll find you a but, house now. <laughs> but, 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 you, but you know what I'm saying? So, so I agree with you, but I, I think when we're talking about the, the larger number, right? Not the the outliers. You have to have a policy that's that talks about this and decides this stuff because there are, in every business, in every uh, industry, there are unscrupulous folks, and those unscrupulous folks will find a. Will, and they, they always exist. Exactly. No matter what law you so, write, they'll so, find a way around it. So the it. policy right now, after the whole world went into financial ruin, right? People are going to be scared about. What the new policy is going to be with with as it relates to housing and getting and getting mortgages because they're going to be like this thing happens. So you just got to take that into account. I think you're right. I just, but I think that the 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 onus is on Donald Trump and his administration to take all. Now this is from a real estate guy, right? This is a guy that's probably probably he had a bunch of mortgages. I guarantee he knows he, it. He, I bet you he he didn't pay a bunch of mortgages too. He, I'm sure he walked away from things. I'm so sure. this guy knows it. But however. Why aren't we talking about that more? And that should be your concern because he knows well, better. Well, what, what we're going to go on break here. But when I come back, <laughs> I want to hit a specific topic, which is HUD. Ah. And back to Ben Carson, if you will, and, and yeah. a belief on that. Because what I was just talking about is really related to HUD fundamentals as well. Right, so right. you're listening to Market Overdrive. We'll be back with our guest Malcolm Weems today uh, discussing the inauguration. What is going to happen once we have a new president with the real estate market? You can follow us on Facebook Live or, of course, go to our website, marketoverdrive.com, or subscribe to iTunes. Now it's the coolest thing, Carla. Have you seen it yet? It's pretty awesome. I did. You're just happy because your face We'll be back in a right. few minutes. Thanks. Back to segment number three of Market Overdrive in our new home, WGN Studios. I think after first month, we don't necessarily call this a new home, although I'm still accepting housewarming gifts, Nick. So still if you have something for me, here, we're so still, yeah, still for yeah. sure. Um, great topic today. We are talking about the inauguration, new president in town, new chief officer, although Nick seems to think that he's the chief officer all the time. I should be president. I'm running next. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you don't even have to have any experience to be a president. Just a Twitter account. Just so a Twitter account. That's all you need the Twitter. I mean, I got a long way to go. I only got 10,000 followers on Twitter, but I can make it happen. You guys are being very disrespectful to our audience who are Republicans and did vote for no, our just, president. No, I'm referencing his level of experience. He has no you know, political experience. Malcolm, That's you and I talked about it earlier before we started the show, right? It's too late. We've already oh, had. He, he's absolutely. in the house. Absolutely. We have we have to respect. We have to respect the office. You have to respect, yeah, the presidency. Exactly. The presidency. A lot of people have lost touch with that. Well, by listen. The way. If we if yeah, we respect well, the presidency, if, wait, listen. If we respect the presidency, maybe Donald Trump will too. So that's that's what I think. I think everybody should respect follow the Follow the leader, follow yeah. the leader. Come on. The presidency is bigger than any one human being, though. It Whether is. it's it Barack or, or Donald or, yeah. or Ronald or. Ronald and Donald, wow, that's great. Um, it, it doesn't, the presidency is far greater than that, and I think the inauguration date is really about the presidency. Unfortunately, whether you love the guy or not, 
that's the person that's going to be sworn in. But yep. the presidency is f- a far bigger um, yeah. thing than any one human being in it. The inauguration you know? is only a transfer of power, right? right? It is the old guys leaving, the new guy getting sworn in, and now he's the guy. And more times than not, a transfer of political views from one party to oh, another. Oh, I'm sure. The so. next morning, the Everybody's next morning. Fired. I mean, the next morning, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a different world. But I, I think, to your point in, at first, you, you have to respect the presidency. Um, of the United States, and 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 hopefully we want to make sure everybody else respects it too. I think the, the good thing about a president, if he were to talk more about real estate, it would give a lot of people some comfort. And 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 I, that's why it's I'm just saying, like, this is what you're all about. This, this is, is how, how you, you made your wealth. money. This is how so you made your you money. So can you tell us tell where does it leave us? And don't make me go to Trump University <laughs> to find out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so and, and so we should all want that, I right? Love you. right? But 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 at the same time. Um, without him saying something, we we, sit, we saw him say something about the stock market, and then all these changes in the stock market. There was all these great gains. We don't know if they'll stay, but but then there was he said something about jobs to and isn't that know, when company. we had the interest rate hike too? Well, the, the next rate, day. Well, we we but again. But again, yeah, but that's that was coming. That was coming. The but stock market loves this guy. They clearly. They well, no, no, it. no. They, they 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 did, and then all of a sudden he started talking about trade war. With China, so I think there's some people that are going to be nervous. That's why I'm saying it is the policies that affect individuals that gives us the comfort to buy a lot of Christmas presents, yes. or buy a car or Consumer house. Confidence. Right. That's right. Consumer and, confidence. That's right. And if he and if he erodes that because we're like, oh crap, we're about to be in this fight right. um, with these other countries that are big, um, then you're going to see big companies like um, let me, uh, McDonald's or Coca-Cola. Those people don't want trade wars. Right. For sure. So 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 if those if there's no confidence at that level, then that means they're not going to hire more people. That means they're going to you know what I mean? So that's what we really should be focused on. Are these policies going to make people feel better about being an American and getting back focused on the American dream, which is buying a damn house? And, and yep. we're talking about you know? focusing on our people, our U.S. citizens, right? Yeah. People yeah. who are here, or residents, yeah. what have you. So when I talked about leniency versus attractiveness, obviously I know that you guys know what you're doing when you're financing a loan, but attractiveness, how do, are we looking to the world, the global market that's are looking at us? You're talking about some of the cash buyers, and I know this doesn't affect you, but the majority of cash buyers who are buying from abroad, how are they going to look at us now? I mean, New York, Chicago, L.A., those are markets that had a significant growth in trans transactions that were cash. These are buyers, investors who were from abroad. I mean, what happens if we lose them because of all the people who are on the sidelines here in America? I mean, if you look at the numbers of abroad purchases versus uh, purchases in home, I mean, we're still talking about there's no job growth. So if these people don't have jobs, how can they afford a mortgage? And more importantly, if you're talking about leniency in leniency in loans and you're saying how much how many of your of your people, you were, of your buyers, you weren't able to approve because of the lack of leniency or strict guidelines. Well, you, just, you just crossed over where it made it didn't make a lot. If they don't have any jobs, how can they but afford we're talking a mortgage? About, okay. well, they're, not they're, not, cash. they're clearly not in line for a mortgage. <laughs> I was say, yeah. But who, how many people can afford cash if we're talking about there's no job? No, growth? But, I'm just know, talking about the global other, sentiment here, we're losing these cash buyers, and you're aware that there's cash buyers, right? cash buyers to what? Because of their confidence in our government? Yes. Is that where you're... Yeah, have you met... When you get international buyers, they're buying for a location. Look at the markets that you you listed. New York, Chicago, L.A. Well, and on top of that, it's also a safer bet to buy and invest your money in America than any other country In any other country. And I'm not saying that we're not safe, and I'm not... I mean, obviously, I advocate for housing. I'm just saying, what is your take on it? Like, Malcolm, what are you seeing? But see, but, but trade war... 
right? Right. If I'm Russian and I have a lot of cash, and all of a sudden they're talking, you know, or if I'm Chinese, which exactly. I think is huge, yeah. and they're talking us? trade wars, like, well, maybe I go to Britain. Instead, right. You know, I think that's what we should worry about in terms of international buyers is, do we yeah, make it hostile and, I, and unfriendly for these people to want to actually live here? I'm more of a show geared towards the average consumer. Average Joe. I've always been about a show geared towards the average Joe. We're starting to reference the rich right now, you know, influx of money coming from here, buying condos and cash. I mean, we're really losing track. Well, I'm of the, sorry. Of the av- Some of the, the cash buyers people, that were taking people out of the market. Just please, but yeah, please, but I think please, that please, please. Let me finish what I'm... Let me finish my thought. It's my Fine, turn. Go ahead. All right? <laughs> oh, the average person is not that person we're discussing. It's not what's changing the market. And the people that voted, whatever president or candidate to wherever they're at, has been from the masses, which is average America, $50,000 annual income housing. Uh, You know... Is that really It's just average? average, It's just an average group that is... The the middle class is the biggest group we have. All right? Mm -hmm. So let's kind of try and keep this... The middle class is the biggest group we have where? In the country? (laughs) Overall, the country. No. 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 The poor is vastly Well, what they consider the middle class. No. 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 It's the poor. So you're saying that... There's yeah, no, that's what I mean. There's that's no a, job a, growth, so where are you seeing this? These numbers that you're making up, and that's what we're talking are about. We, this are we saying the wrong thing here? You're telling me that what there is called the middle class is not the largest demographic in correct. polling. The largest demographic is the poor. Wait, wait. The largest demographic, forget polling or whatever, there are more people that probably make under $50,000 a year in this country than probably everything else. But I think that you guys are kind of off subject. If $50,000 makes you poor, I, I don't think well, that's I'm just what saying, it is. But I think I mean, if you're... Right. Yeah. Well, think, look at the affordability. That's not middle class. Like poverty and stuff like that. Yeah. You're probably looking at something below 17000 a year. I think that's kind of one of the census tracts that they use mm. is seventeen grand a year. The average show that is out there buying a house. somewhere there. If you're making seventeen grand a year, you're not buying a house. Right. Because you just can't afford to. You can't afford it. That's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that or bad about that. And that's why I want to focus on the attractiveness versus the leniency, right? We're over here talking about cash buyers from China, how it's going to affect the market and all this stuff. It's like, that's not who really makes the nuts and bolts of any market. It's the true, people that are true. buying the average $200,000 home, two twenty. Right. That's the, the aggregate that really drives a real estate market. And I think the that, norm. Agree, agree, and, agree. And, and so now, let's go back to what I said before we, we left here. We talk about fundamentals from the 90s that have just been, you said there's no policies and we need credit scores to, uh, to, credit scores to dictate some form of a policy. Um, well... HUD, when it was created, was to promote a fair opportunity for anybody with a job that could prove income that has a little bit of money tucked aside. It was never a no-money-down HUD program, so to speak. It was always 3%. And to give you the shot of building a wealth in any area across the country, you know? Mm -hmm. So for the first time ever in I, Javier helped me out maybe 2011 or 12 mm-hmm. or 10 I don't even remember but it was sometime after the crash we put credit scores on a HUD loan that never happened and going back to what I was saying we had a fundamental guideline where we would underwrite a client and say okay well as long as you haven't been late in the last year on any installment or credit cards or car payments or anything like this you're good oh you have a collection here but it was for like a medical bill you didn't know about which is a very common collection Absolutely. by the way that's fine Right. Your credit score doesn't say 750, it says 560 or 570 for some odd reason, but you haven't been late in the last year. You have two-year stability income. Here's your guidelines. Here's your policies now. Your stable income for two years, you qualify with the ratio of income you make versus the debt you're wa- you want to take out, and you haven't been late over the last year. This is a cookie-cutter HUD loan and the way HUD designed it. 
for years. This performed, by the way, for almost 100 years perfectly fine. Now we lay credit scores on it. And if you don't have a 620, it's really a hustle getting into an approval. If you don't have a 660, the rate's not going to be as good as what, you know, a 660 would be. And if, if you have a 720, you're going to get an even better rate on this FHA well, loan. I think, it's but like, doesn't that the happen interest rate dictate the FHA, FHA supplants its subprime lending, right? When, but it's so not. The real subprime lending is far crazier than that. Well, right. We all know when I got into the industry, I definitely questioned a couple of things that were going on in the subprime industry just because I was 19 years old getting into like stated income, stated assets. It was literally pull a credit report, 560 credit score. You could get 100% financing on an investment property. So it was – you're talking about two different extremes. Uh, for me, I got to see the shift. You know, I've been in the industry now for 14 years, so I've kind of seen it evolve from a subprime – to predominantly FHA to all of a sudden a predominantly conventional market just because with the regulations that took place, that's how it became. FHA really was a subprime lending product because it gave you the flexibility of having high debt-to-income ratios and still being able to get an approval. Not the original FHA, man. It's a 42 the back original, end. The original, 38 FHA, back end. The original sorry, FHA 38. was a manual underwrite. But after the crash, that's where they actually adjusted some of the FHA underwriting guidelines where for me as an originator, it became the new subprime because Just it allowed because for it was those the lower thing on the block, but it still wasn't incredibly wasn't easy. easy to get a loan on it. It wasn't easy. And when you add credit score to it, you made there. my point is that the Democrats came in and they had to fix a really bad situation right. in everybody's defense. That's what happened, right. you know, and then they regulated so heavy, so extensive. I'm not saying that we should have stayed where we were in 05, but I'm definitely saying that where we went with it made it really hard to kind of get us out of a mess. We went so far extreme, so many good people couldn't contribute. The market kind of stalls when you don't have activity at all because you have made, you know, you've made it impossible for some really good potential homeowners to exist. That's well, listen, so my hope in the new presidency is that he is pro real estate. Maybe Ben Carson gives a little leeway. There's a, people are flighting out of HUD, by the way, now out of FHA loans because they're finding easier ways to do loans. But right now, FHA is a more attractive product. If you're not a 700 FICO score on a conventional loan, you're going to get a half a point higher interest rate probably on a conventional loan. With the recent reduction to the mortgage insurance premium that they just adjusted, we're bringing it down to 0.60 on a 3.5% down payment. If you're in that 600 to 700 FICO score, FHA is probably a more lucrative option. It is. Because and do we get, have amnesia? Do we forget so about much. the recession and the properties well, that people who couldn't, couldn't afford and are still even the just trying to get out of foreclosure? Like Let's, FHA... Up but I think too, let's just let's just let's just let's hopefully let's not have amnesia when we come back from this break. We do have to go to a break, guys. Sorry to interrupt everybody and put it on a pause. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Market Overdrive uh, with our guest Malcolm Weems and discussing all things inauguration. <laughs> What's going to happen? We'll see you in a couple of minutes. He just had amnesia again. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of Market Overdrive. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Please make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook Live, YouTube, and also marketoverdrive.com. Thank you, Malcolm, so much for making time out of your busy, oh my God, busy, busy fun. schedule. This is fun. I love Lobbying it. and making sure that <laughs> government is running the pendulum goes one way versus the other. Right. I support you. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to go back to this conversation. Obviously, it gets heated because it's, you know, it's politics, and there's so much uncertainty, and we're transacting every day.
today. You're getting the information from us. We're in the trenches. We're fighting for you. We're advocating for you. I'm a big donor. Um, I, I donate for our pack. Obviously, we give back as an industry. Want to make sure that you guys understand that our pack fights for us. Legislative. Um, or that affects legislature that affects us in housing. So for all you realtors and professionals who are transacting, make sure to get back to your RPAC uh, organization. But um, going before break, we were talking about amnesia, right? Did we all just forget about the housing market that collapsed? I mean, 2010, 2011, 2013 even, no one was buying. It was towards qu- fourth quarter of uh, of 2013 that people that our phones started ringing uh, and the 12 okay and the 12 and the 12 mm, but all right. 13 but whatever 2010 let's go back to that Carlos so you're talking about fha right those yes. are the loan programs that allow people to get back on the market there's those- a lot of stuff out there there's down payment assistance programs like I actually had one of my bankers come to me the other day and there was like 20 different down payment assistance programs that are available it just like really depends where you're going to buy you know what counties sometimes it's specific uh- to like your employment as well too. There's a lot of stuff out there for you know CPD, firefighters, um, things like that. So it's just a matter of doing loans, a little bit of research. Yeah. Yeah. Financing, hundred percent financing, and I'm not no even, mortgage insurance. Yeah, there's a lot out there. It, you yeah, can't but, when you're looking at it from a rent versus buy perspective. I can't even say you know FHA is a program that I that I promote because if you're in a metro city and you're hard. transacting Condos in a city, are tough on FHA. it is so hard right, for FHA. Right. But even single family, and even if you want to buy something but at a good deal, why condos are harder than FHA? What is that saying to a certain demographic of people that are having certain a hard time getting, getting a hard time getting approved on FHA? Hey, you could buy a house, just don't move into these nice downtown areas. Well, you're bringing up, you know what? You're that's bringing up. Wait, 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 he's bringing up a good point because you got to think about this. That's what's happening. Wait, no, 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 no. Don't feed into this man. I can't help it. It sounds good. No, here's what it is. You think of this. We're talking about Chicago proper, but if you if you kind of take a step, I mean, we know that there have been people leaving the big city for whatever reason, whether it's they can't find employment or things like that. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, let's go back to but, job growth. But, 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 no, I think that I think that it's so many people that we're talking about. I think that this this president elect that is going to be president in two days, this guy, I think, tapped into a bunch of people that are not in any of this analysis that we're really doing, other than the fact that they may have lost some house their house before. And so the, the real question becomes, just like the, the violence issue in Chicago or anything else, people need to work. And once oh, yeah. they work, they get money. And whether it's FHA, because I'm going to be honest, I, I believe my first loan was an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. Mine, too. Um, Mine too. And, and, and it, it worked mind. out just fine. I still own the home. You know, it was my first home. Um, but I also saw my neighbors who I thought were doing financially better than me in similar homes losing their homes like yeah. literally and yeah. so i think what has to happen no matter what and and i i think everything you said makes sense but the truth of the matter is the pendulum's going to swing when something really really bad happens i was just using an analogy if you get beat up after school and your parent looks at your face and you got a bloody nose and a busted lip for some kid on the walk home the next day they're going to walk you to school sure. and then they're going to want to keep walking you to school and you're going to be like all right cool out mom because now i look like i need my mama to take but me at to some school. point at some point your mom stops walking you to school right. that's we right you need to stand my, mom's, my mom's still over my Children. I was going to yeah, say, wait, not wait, Lydia, but Betty. Wait, wait. She'd be like, oh, you but, go back there. But, but, you but, send that to your bully. That's what we want government to do. So they swung not the pendulum. You, Nick. They swung the pendulum so hard and they constricted everything. And we're saying now, hey, let it let it relax. Yeah. Not get rid of all the regulation right. because it you can't. It would be we stupid. need some of it was good. Yes, yeah, some I, of it is some good. of it was good. Yeah, you know, good. like I definitely believe like the ability to repay. You sure. Gotta make sure these people can actually sure, pay back but the what loan. is the yeah? Let, yes, me, let sure. me just rewind. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't and as a W two employee, yeah, 
I will say, <laughs> as a 1099 employee, 1099 employees, you guys have a way of reducing that AGI, right? <laughs> so, listen, I pay my taxes. Listen, y'all pay your you taxes. Guys, you guys, I like that. I like that. Listen, you guys said something though, but, but like here's what we have lost. Your first loan was an FHA loan. Your first loan was an FHA loan. Yours was an FHA loan. Mine was a sub. Well, let, let me tell you about my loan. I was 20 <laughs> when I bought. Go there. Well, I was 20 when I bought my first property. I had. 1099 income, and I didn't, you know, the way I did my taxes, it didn't show great income at the end of the day, but I had, I made money, it was a two unit. I put down 20%. It had every layer of disaster that you you've heard about. You put 20% down with the, uh, you Let's not okay. lose track of the conversation. All I put right, down 20%. Sure you. I put down 20% <laughs> on this thing, and it had, first of all, it was a stated income loan. Okay. Oh it was an exotic loan, meaning it had a negative amortization option arm. I could pick this rate, this payment, that payment. Right. It had, uh, it was an arm, obviously. It was all the stuff that crashed the market is what I got as a 20-year-old to buy my wow. first piece of property. Wow. I had no problem holding on to this, understanding the payments, making the payments, and then selling this property for a, prop- a, a but nice Nick, profit. You're Yoda. Well, like, hold on. Legit. <laughs> like, your family's in my real estate. That, you were, like, brought that, up in it. My point is that this program helped me because I couldn't qualify for an FHA loan because right. I couldn't verify the income that was needed. And- when we talk about subprime and how they really put such a kibosh on it and, and how they said, no, you can't really do these programs anymore. They've destroyed it so bad. Let me tell you the most common sub – it exists again today, by the so way. So you're advocating the for most subprime? Common Is that person, what you're saying? The He's most, saying I'm that poor people should have guidelines. an option. They should have an option. Well, no, no, right? no. Here's the irony. The subprime market that is used today, the more flexible programs where if you have a good down payment, the rates are like 6 7% instead of 3 or 4 mm-hmm. The most common person coming to me with the request of using these programs right now – is a self-employed, very, very Wealthy. nice wage earner. He had a bankruptcy three years ago, but he's back on his but feet. Like, like, but like these people Javier are says, the they don't yeah. report they the don't income. They don't pay their taxes. <laughs> Dude, I'm but sorry. They call me 1099 envious, but you know what? I pay a heavy, heavy tax. And I'm sorry, my tax account does not love me because I pay a ton he's of got money the ability taxes. To pay or so. not. But like that, that's the thing, though. Make yourself it's like it's on not, paper. For me, it's not fair. For me, it's not fair. I'm a high income earner and everything else, and I paid taxes because Uncle Sam gets to see every dime. Yeah, I get that. And I could do whatever write offs I can, but it gets to a point where it's just like, whatever. I know. I get those clients who are business owners, have a couple dealerships, and then you take a look at your AGI and they're earning less than that administrative assistant. I don't necessarily think that leniency is the key to this. Yeah, it's not. But again, I'm going to reiterate, though, that's why. The policy that you put for it will develop whatever the programs are, right? The question, everyone kind of that's been involved in this kind of understands what they'd like to see. The que- it needs to be articulated because when, when, when everyone knows what the rules are and you're not moving the goalpost or whatever, you know, if everyone knows what the rules are, and I, I don't think that's necessarily bad for people that whether they don't earn enough money, they don't have this. The bottom line is here are the rules. You want a home, you should follow the rules. Right. But the rules are fair and they take into account Right. There's programs for this, this and this. I think that's when we do well. I think when we do bad and I think with this president coming in, um, if, if, if he doesn't kind of articulate his thoughts for the real estate market. Right. Because he's a guru. Um, the problem is you're going to have a bunch of people that have individual whether you talk about lobbyists. I do not lobby anybody. on the <laughs> national level, But you're going to have people in people's ear. Right. And it's only going to be banks. Yeah. It's only going to be people that are going to say, how do I make sure I make a lot of money? And, and, that, that's and, those, exactly, and that's going and that's, back to what he was talking right. about. It was all about the banks and who was. And that's why we brought right. you in today, Malcolm, yeah. is because we want to know the effects of housing. At the end of the day, this is not therapy for Nick. 
<laughs> he that, wants to get it out of up his chest. Of course, we we it's understand. Risk management. If you're putting that, it's risk Javier, management. Javier's over here like talking that. about Javier's over here talking about one part. If you don't pay your taxes, you can get a loan. Well, let me ask you this question, Javier. Then, if you're putting down thirty percent. In my opinion, if the guy's putting down 30% on a $600,000 home, yeah. 30%, I don't even care to see his taxes. Right. Wait, I, he's going to lose. Yeah, he's he's crazy. not yeah. walking away yeah. is my yeah. point. Well, you That's need right. collateral, right? Unless they he absolutely something disastrous happened. Right. In so which now, case, he was going to walk but away that guy, anyway if that That happened. guy has right. no right. shot at getting a loan today. It's called hard money. What are you talking well, about? He has no shot. All right, not, gentlemen, let's do the takeaways. Is that like, a, like you got to go to the loan hey, shark? Is that a loan shark? It's, it's, it's called no hard money. Excuse me. knows what hard money I'm is. I've lost control show. of the show. It's fun. And see what happens when you talk politics. Testosterone. Right, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. you guys are all acting like the incoming president. If you want you a $600,000 loan, you only want to do 30% down payment, take it in the chin and file your taxes for two years and... Then oh, go back to we'll, 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 we'll cry. I'll call you. I'll call you. I'm a 1099, so I'm a I loan. Figure it out. Anyway, you figure out the leniency. I will figure out the attractiveness. I believe that there's still an opportunity to buy renting versus own, like renting versus owning. I still advocate for owning, of course, because it's the only way to create long-term wealth. You bought an investment and yep. you use the FHA loan program. I don't care what program you use. Just get, get into the market. That's get a right. home. That's because right. obviously we all understand rates are going up, right? There's a lack of supply. I understand it. So don't lose leverage. Rates are Be still patient. at all-time lows, though. But Exactly. And, of course, the values are still are at all-time low. <laughs> that, that, they're still at all-time lows. Speaking, yeah. But yeah. if we're talking to, to you, who maybe you're changing, again, lifestyle, right? That doesn't right? motivate people to buy if you say rates are going up. No, yeah, I'm not. Still at all time yes, lows. it should motivate you because you need to act now. So stop, get off the sidelines, and get out there and buy so, something before interest rates go. Dueling kill. ideals. Dueling. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Keep stop looking Synergy. at anyway. Who cares about why you're looking at me the way you are? You're still in therapy right now. But yes, I of course advocate for homeownership. Renting Absolutely. for me is a joke, and as a landlord who makes profits off of tenants, I think that I want to bring you into this side, right? The initial investments actually just you know if you're looking at those down payment assistance programs where you can get in with just like 1% or 3.5% down payment like on FHA or whatnot. It's almost the same because usually in most rentals, it's what, one or two months rental lease deposit or whatever mm. when you're going to yeah. move in. Yeah. And then you have to pay the first month's rent. So if you're really looking at the first actual initial investment when you're renting, it's almost the same as when you end up buying. Malcolm, I'm going to give you 30 seconds because I have to wrap this thing up. All and right. you know, when it comes to politics and anything, <laughs> it could be a four-day conversation. So unfortunately, oh, the show is coming to a close. Last, last bit of thoughts. I, I would say, I would say for, for your industry, what you, you really, if you're part of a professional organization, I think everything that you all have talked about today has been insightful for me. I think you want to make sure that they're articulating, if they're lobbying at a national level, especially if, that's, if we're talking about a national level, um, you want to make sure that they're articulating your concerns. And then, because I do believe, again, this president-elect that will be the president on Friday has some experience here. So I, I think... More to, than most of yes, us. Yes, more than most, almost any of us. Almost any yeah. of us, and, and I think that, so to your the questions that are being asked, these are things that are like, you know, he may have forgotten more about these things, but right. I think that the country, and I think to everyone and all of you all's point here, is the country is concerned. And if you alleviate some of those concerns, people will go out and be willing to buy. I would like to buy more stuff myself. I am concerned, and I work, and I watch government every day, and I do not know what this guy is going to do. So the couple of things we can decipher are great, but I, I think we all should want to kind of push Watch CNN, watch Fox News if you want, uh, but watch all of it because you need to know what he's saying. And then then you're able to then kind of convey that to whether it's buyers or sellers. 
Um, but but you got to get the guy to talk about it, and I think that's going to be through a professional association that is actually lobbying because right now he's quiet. All right, that Love was it. a lot more than thirty seconds. Sorry about that. He's a lobbyist. I'm going to have to give, and that's what they do. They, <laughs> they, they they talk you out. Where you're like, fine, I'll give you what oh, you want. Like, you're getting a taste of you, your own medicine. Can you can you Nick print out medicine. this invoice yes. right now? Or, or <laughs> you're, this, you're listening to Market Overdrive. We will be back on Wednesday at 10 a.m. You can follow us right here on Facebook Live or, of course, go to our website where hopefully it is officially up and you can interact with us um, in a live fashion. Or subscribe to us on podcast. Go to WGN Radio Plus in your podcast subscriptions. That is Carla Mina. That is Javier Garcia. And this was our special guest, Malcolm Weems. Thank you for coming. We'll see you all next week at 10 a.m. Thank you. Woo!